Welcome to DP City Church Podcast. Connect, grow, serve. Your heart studded, your wood's red, okay? Here we go. Hey, I want to God's going to do some supernatural. You responded today, what God wants to do, and I'm telling you, you to other people because you're a vessel. You are a vessel of a holy God. He's filled you with his presence, and he's going to use you in a powerful way. If you agree, say amen. Uh, Has the power to change lives, and I declare by faith my life. Of Ephesians chapter 4, you know, if you've been with us, we're in a series, and uh, we're in a series on the gifts of Jesus in terms of ministry, on the five gifts of Jesus. There's the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. You can find those in your Bible, okay? But we're talking about the gifts of, they, are, they do not five very specific gifts from Jesus himself with the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. So let's begin reading about the five begin of Jesus in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. And today, Paul writes this, but unto everyone, that's you and me and us, is given grace a measure of the gift of Christ. The gift of Christ. And he gave gifts unto men. That word men there, as I've said to you, is men and women. It is ended. What is it but that he descended into the lower parts of the earth, of the heavens, that we might fill all things, okay? That he might fill all things. Verse 11. And he gave some apostles... Some prophets, some evangelists, verse 12, for the perfecting of who? Who's the saints? Got it. Okay, so verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the working of we ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, in the unity of the faith, and to the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. So in other words, he's given these gifts to all of us. Necessarily do each one, but they're a gift to us all. So in other words, if you take the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit and add them to the five gifts of Jesus, you have 14 gifts for the church. Five gifts. We've already done the first three. Today we're going to do number four. Now, Jesus modeled each of these gifts. Jesus modeled not only the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but he modeled the gifts that are specific from him to all the saints in the church. For all the saints, not modeled them in the New Testament, and the Holy Spirit empowered him to model them. Everything Jesus did that he tells us to do, Jesus did in the power of the Holy Spirit, and then that turned him to do them. He gave that same Holy Spirit to us, so we have the nine gifts of the Spirit, and we have the five gifts in the church to equip to. That's why this morning that was so significant. When you responded the way you did, it's like, oh my goodness, you, those are you're warriors. You're hearing this series. You're hearing it. You're wanting something to take place in it. Believe that it is. So if you want to know more about the nine gifts of the Spirit, the core of your Bible works, then you can find everything you need in the Testament and the Old Testament is John 13, 14, 15, 16, talking about here today. And so today it's 
Gift number five. And, oh, so, okay. I'll say, so it's apostles. Come on. Apostles, prophets, pastors. Uh, in that sense. So like all the gifts, we need to open up and uh, open up to them and be open to the fact that we all need all of these. Apostles talks us about angels. We need all of them. And so the Bible as a believer, as a true New Testament believer, isn't about going to church. It's history. Your life has a purpose, and it is not to attend church and just be a good way more is expected of you. And so that expectation five of my gifts, and I want you to apply them to your life. So then you read the instructions. And then once you read the instruction, you use it. Okay? So we're not doing, I'm not going through this, jumping through these hoops, so you just know about it. Once, see, we're held accountable for what we don't need. Be quiet. We're going to. If it's here, try it on this side. We're going to be held accountable for all kinds of stuff that's in here. And that's why we're learning about this. Verse 13, we all need a shepherd. Everybody needs a shepherd. Everybody needs a pastor. And, uh, and the problem is, is so many Christians find a church to go, through, go to, but they never understand really what the purpose of that church is. And uh, caring for shepherds and pastors. Pastors are supposed to take care of the flock. Not because pastors are nothing but sheep with a mic. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's see. First Corinthians, listen to what Paul says, 16, 15. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanus, that it is the first addicted, that's a church, and that they have addicted the saints. So in other words, when you're talking about the fivefold ministry, these are people that have a responsibility to serve the flock. Apostles, prophets, are servants of the flock. You are not dumb, the living God, and anyone who stands in any one of these five offices is duty-bound to serve you, not the other way around. You're going you're gonna to pick a church to, to raise your family in and plant your life in, and if you more area, another location, or whatever the case, you need to be equipped to know what the shepherds to teach us and help us understand. So John 17, verse, spoke Jesus, and he lifted up his eyes. I don't know if I gave it to media. Did I? Yeah, he did. Thee by thy son, that thy son might also glorify thee. I'm in the next verse. Didn't give you a verse? He's given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast heard about you. Listen to what he says. He's talking to the Father about you. Verse Christ that he sent. So in other words, the process is, is for the perfectory, and that includes pastors we're talking about today, for the equipping of the equipping of the are you a saint? Then you need to be equipped. To equip, need to be equipped, that means that's our job, the five-fold ministry job, to, to do what? It's through. We're going to do, we're going to get this right. We got to think ministry. Right. Yeah. That's right. 
So what does a five-fold do? Believe me, that's more work than, <laughs> than you think, okay? So in other words, why is it the majority of ministry that is done in America is... Oh, so wait, okay, so you understand that I agree, which is not to the church, but to the world. It's because the fivefold won't equip them to do it because the five... Am I meddling? Powered. In other words, if the fivefold is afraid of you getting... If you get this and you start laying down hands on the sick... People get delivered. People start getting raised from the dead. And revival breaks out. People that think they're in the ministry and they're in charge. We are nothing but sales. I'm just saying I'm trying to get you to understand that this is about you, not about the fivefold. And so we understand that the word perfecting, when he said, prepare to mend and get ready. You do not go to church just to get blessed and go away and say, I had a good time. When you stood up here on this, I had no idea I was going to make that call. None whatsoever. And you didn't know what was coming. But when you came up here, you said, yours, you said, I want to do something for the kingdom of God. You received the very thing you asked for. Because this church and other churches in this community that I know and, and pastors that I know, they are equipping the are the measure by which uh, we should live our lives. Well, you know, the pastor, Jesus is the measure. Jesus is the one you reflect, okay? Let me, here's the problem, okay? I got to say this. How many Christians never experienced their fullest potential and been abused, neglected, and rejected by shepherds? By shepherds, and they end up not experiencing what they could because they have a poor, weak answer of what ministry of the fivefold. They end up going to church. Here's what so many, I'm not saying you, okay, but what so many measure the church by which they attend. Do I have your attention? Okay, listen to this. Of the times that are of little or no spiritual value. Seek. They like the song books or tie or the casual dress. And they like they coffee. <laughs> you're on to something. Hungry. Hey, you're on to something. <laughs> now I'm hungry. Like, so, so what they do is they pick a church values that prepare them to do the work and all the work they want is they want somebody to pat them on the back and tell them it's going to be okay and it's all going to be okay and it is not always going to work out. That, that's culture that's going to hell in a handbasket. You're going to deal with moral values, murder of the church, they went through hell to get people into heaven. And they were not afraid to tell everybody everything. There is no, there's no perfect church. 
If you find the perfect church, the minute you show up, it's not perfect anymore. <laughs> and you have to understand that understanding what a pastor's responsibility is for the next few minutes is what I want just to, just to scratch through it so you know to do what you one day are going to be held accountable for. Again, because a church is supposed to bring out your potential and your talents, abilities. Some of you have gifts and talents that others of us don't have. That we have talents and gifts here. You can get to people other people will never get to. You have a sphere of influence that other people will never have. You have an opportunity to break into a sphere of people to get the message of the gospel to. And that's what you're supposed to be equipped for. So sh the shepherd is a model, one of the models. And, um, you know, in shepherd, if you have a shepherd, you have, these are always considered flocks, right? So there's a station. You have sheep, goats, and wolves. And every sheep, the more goats and the more wolves. What do you do with sheep? What do you do with goats? And milk them. What do you do with... No, I didn't mean kill them. I didn't just say... <laughs> that was a metaphor. So we, we need pastors to teach us, encourage us, and put... They won't go to churches. They won't return because bold. We're getting ready for an end times revival, and we're going to equip the people that are in a chair that is willing to go do the work of the ministry. Does that make some visitors you're going to think? You understand that this is, I know this is hard stuff for some of you, but you understand that, that the, we're here to, to help you and encourage and save you to do something. He would have sent by, somebody by to lead you to Jesus with a gun. Do you pray? Boom. He's, okay, so we understand that. So let's go pastors and teachers they're connected. Let the point sink in that a pastor should be a teacher. Yes, sir. Teachers, because their job is to equip. And they have the main, understand that pastors and teachers connect people through the teaching of the Word. And again, I bumped into a man, he's, he's old now, and he's uh, and I listen to reel-to-reel -reel tapes. I mean, reel-to-reel, -reel, you know, two reels. Okay, real to real. Bob, stand with me. Um, and uh, his, you have a picture of this man. Now, you know, he, not everybody likes Bob. Okay, not everybody likes that Bob. Not everybody likes this Bob. Listen to teachings from him. A beauty contest here. It's about who's richer that laced his teachings with, with humor and, and made things relevant. I thought, man, I like Dick and Betty Mills. There's a... Um, so Dick and Betty. Now Dick and Betty were. We went over and said we want to start a church, and they said, "Get it, you know, get on with it." What are you waiting for? A prophetic voice, and he just was mind-boggling how he would read. There, one teacher didn't want to be, but I I learned about the prophetic through that. That's why another Dr. C. Peter Wagner, and Dr. Wagner was a part of our life, and uh, in the process, he 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 was a just a brilliant man. The guy had a doctorate, multiple doctorates in ministry, was just a, just a brain of a human being, but he taught me about teaching in a way that I'd never learned before, and under him, I began teaching at Fuller Seminary, 
And uh, at Fuller Seminary, I was teaching in the doctorates and the master's classes because he said, a, a, a true theology. He said, that's okay. So let's do this. And I remember we had classes. As a matter of fact, one time in, in the uh, doctorate's class, I mean, they got a board doctorate, and I'm thinking, I hope they never find out that I don't have a doctorate. Until one day in one of the classes, one of the guys stands up, Pastor stands up, and he goes, Bob, can I ask a question? Most certainly. Do you have a doctorate? He was still in the classroom. And I looked over at Dr. Wagner. I'm the truth, Bob. I said, no, I don't. But hang around, and if I have anything relevant for you, does that really make any sense? to teach? You don't have to go to cemetery. <laughs> if you get a chance to go to seminary, you go to seminary. But I'm telling you before God, what's an assurance and start telling everybody everything? We need people to move. So you understand that in all this process that uh, you're being trained about shepherds because a pastor is a shepherd. Um, and our world is entering into times where the church needs. I'm not trying to say I'm the best shepherd. Now, I'm not thinking about anybody. I'm not about a mass Susan. Um, she'll tell you all about them. Okay. But there's a, there's a testing. And it's a head for the church in America. And shepherds are falling short. I'm just telling you. Over and over and over. And they're buckling under the fear of the social pressure and the threats. And we keep telling you that there's no other way to heaven except through Jesus. These pastors, easy and as polite and friendly as possible. Because they're pastoral privileges and their churches. And it's happening in America. And it is agreeing abandoned don't know what to look for in terms of a shepherd, a pastor. Somebody has been taught what a true pastor does. So you incredible stories leave you laughing and slapping each other on the back, but you still couldn't find your tail end with both hands and a flashlight spiritually. And I'm just telling And I'm not, I don't have anybody's name and you watch what's happening to the shepherds because so many of those shepherds do not even for what they did with you. Is that serious enough? is got to be willing to lay their life down for the sheep. You go, well, what good are you if you're dead? That's not through thick and thin. Deal with life an example to help people understand who they can then. And I'm not declaring that I do the best that anybody else does, way better than I do. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not the best shepherd. That expects you more for what you can do than us, than yourself. Because that's our duty as a shepherd. A shepherd watches over the sheep, protects them, and takes care of them, even to their own hurt. And what's hatchets? They're losing their influence and they're losing their power. And I'm as serious as a heart attack right now. 
I meet with pastors in our community on a regular basis. Staff knows, and we'll sit and talk about these very issues that you shepherds that understand not only who they are. The thing I can say to you as we try to button this up today is for you to find out who you are. Because ministry is not what most people think. Many times you can't imagine. I heard somebody say, uh-oh. Years ago, Barna did a study, and he asked people, like, what are the top attributes you want out of your past? People want, number one, integrity, and number two, passion. And i got to tell you, else than this. We love what we do. We're excited about it. We're passionate about it. We have integrity. And God asks the same thing of you. Bob always goes, and there's one finger. How do you do that? You saw Dr. Wagner's picture. And years ago, that's the truth. So it's really important. But here's a story here that cooked for them. Yeah. He'd bring his whole doctorate class out probably like three or four times. And we'd go. It was a kid's lunch for their sanctuary. They'd have classes all morning and then break for this amazing potluck. So one of the sessions, I was outside, and it was a rainy, cold day. I remember we're out students. I mean, and they've been through a lot of school by the time they get to the doctorate class. So they're talking. I drink with the doctorate from Fuller. And this one guy goes, well, we're not sure what we want to do. I was like, I was a little taken aback, and I went, what are you going to school for living in a fishbowl? So we're not going to be doing that. So I said, you know, Paul said, of all men. So I saw we're so supposed to be open epistles read of all men, an obligation to look into your finances, your marriage, how you raise your kids, how you keep your house. He just stood there, and he goes, I mean, I named a lot of things. <laughs> and he goes, um, I, we never looked at it like that. I go, well, you, you need to, because no matter what area of ministry you get into, God wants you to have integrity. We want to see your dogs. Where's your bathroom? Where's, what does your backyard look like? I mean, we've had them everywhere, you know, whatever. But you just have to be ready for that. And, and you know, this reminded me, years ago, we has, had a guy named Larry Dempsey, and a lot of you guys remember him. I guess I would term him like a traveling musical evangelist, but he helped. he's just a great guy, and he would head up the International Worship Symposiums. Well, he told this really funny story once where he went to a church, and they were having, like, kind of a music conference, and a gal came who wanted to, to try out to dance, uh, in the program that evening. So she did her thing, and it was really good, and they agreed on it. So it all comes out. With, you know, they're over there, like, kind of off to the side, Larry and the pastor, and the music starts, and the gal comes out. They were, like, oh, in, like, nothing, hardly anything, no clothes. And did, was doing her thing, and they were, like, and Larry goes, you're the pastor. It's your church. You go out there and get her off. You know, and so I thought, that's the fun part of being about the pastor. I mean, we have the sign that says, the buck stops here. And, you know, like it or not, we're responsible for stuff like that. Trust me, nobody out of the congregation rushed up to get that gal off the stage. The pastor's the one who had to walk out and do it. But that said, there's a lot of funny stories going around. When pastors get together for lunch, they tell pastor stories. And this is pretty funny. I wanted to read this to you because it's kind of true. you got to live in the head of a pastor to understand. So, so kind of get there for a minute. Okay. This is from a pastor. Not our pastor a pastor. Uh, at times. At times, okay. On Monday, I usually quit. On Tuesday, I realized I don't know what else to do for a living. On Wednesday, I preach to a half-empty auditorium. On Thursday, I'm mad that more people didn't show up. Church into an unbelievable growth spurt. 
By Saturday, I'm on fire. On Sunday, I preach my heart out. On Monday, I quit. So that's it. Pray for your pastors. I'm out of time, but if you want to take some time to study what a pastor, go to Jeremiah chapter 12. Go to the book of Jeremiah, not, not now, prophet. Scold the pastors. Oh, they got it up. Many pastors have destroyed us. God's wilderness. They have made it desolate, and being desolate, it mourns unto me. The whole land is made desolate because no man has taken it to heart. Get your mud together. The body of Christ needs pastors for them. And you need to start praying for the rest of the pastors in your valley. And so you understand that in this process, when you get a chance, I'm not going to read these verses, media, so don't put them up. Newsfeed on the... uh, 13 through 14, you can look it up and see it later. Ezekiel 22, 30 through 31. Ezekiel 43 through 7 and 8. Ezekiel 4 in the Old Testament. When the prophet Jeremiah spoke out and said, you as pastors, to get them put up a threshold, an entrance place, where they have to go through you, you are not the way to God. You take them direct. And you're going to see it come through incredible shepherds. Now, I'm going to show you this short video clip so they can hear this. It's short, but it's about the agenda that is coming and thinning the planet. Listen to this. In one way or another, we are so far, globally, we are so far, I know in one way or another, it's going to come back down. So I don't have levels, which can be supported by this plan. I hope that it can occur in a Way, I, uh, I, and I mean civil in a, in a civil mean uh, that everybody's happy, but it means that conflict isn't solved through violence. Uh, that's what I hope for. Uh, that we can, I mean, the planet can support something like depending on how much liberty and how much material consumption you want to, to have. If you want more liberty and more consumption, you have to have fewer people. And 9 billion, probably, you can have more people. I mean, we could even have eight or nine you billion. You never have smart. We have a very strong dictatorship, which is smart. That's unfortunate. And a low standard of living, you can have it. But, but we want to have freedom, and we want to have a high sentence. So we're going to have a billion people. And we're now at seven, so we have to get back down. I hope that this can be slow, equal, uh, you know, so that people share uh, the experience and they don't. We're living in a world that you want to be so convinced, that's why. They're looking to thinning the thick they can do. And the problem is, you got to know where you're going when group that is in their face telling them, you're going to fry like sausage if you continue your agenda for Jesus. And the first group they're going after is the people that take a study and willing to live the life that the New Testament church lived. This in my third and final goal, lost, lonely, and broken. That you understand this. Revelation media, if you give me Revelation chapter 20, verse 12 and 13. Watch this. And I saw that 
And another book was opened, which is the book of life. That's the book your name was, which were written in the books according to their works. In other words, their works. That means that's a judgment for believers and non-believers about eternal life. That if you've given your life to Jesus, live in judgment God forever. If you've refused Jesus, you're going to live in Here's the sickness for eternity. That's the first book. See, gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. This church is about the church. And with what she was taught by the shepherds. Find it. There's no fun in this to say to you, there's a book of and what we did with what was given to us by Jesus and through the teaching. You say, well, wait a minute, man. That's And one day we're all going to stay. If you understand, you have a purpose. Say, well, I'm not smart. I'm not book smart. I'm not intelligent. You know, I'm just, stop making excuses. That you allow yourself and care for people. That you don't have to have a degree. All you need to do is know through you to lost, lonely, broken, wounded, and unsaved people. That is what church should be all about. I know we've gone longer than we normally go, and I apologize for that, but in the process to understand that each and every one of us, and I want you to go out of here and not feel guilty. Don't feel it. Go out of here saying, I am ready and willing to do what I'm taught to shake this city up, God's plan for my life. And if you do that, you're going to suck people into the kingdom of God, and when Jesus comes back, we will have no guilt because we are going to tell everybody everything from the house. This morning, there are going to be people up here on this side of the line. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that will share with you. If you need prayer, you have a physical need, these people are trained. Thank you for the privilege of serving you. Lord Jesus, use us for your honor and your glory for this final hour in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, God bless you. We love you. Thank you for joining us today at DP City Church. We would love the opportunity to pray for you, and we are believing God will do big things in your life this year. You can contact us at info.dpcitychurch.com. If you'd like to give to our ministry, you can visit www.dpcitychurch.com. Thanks again. God bless.